This is episode 74 of the 200 Churches Podcast. One of the things we can do that's so important is actually start to invest time going to visit people at their workplace, actually making the time to stop by on a lunch hour, grab lunch together in their lunch cafe, just to, just to visit their environment and see what they do every day. Just show up and ask them questions about what they do and find out what are their biggest challenges right now and how can you be praying for them and in their workplace. That level of pastoral interest in everyday workplace missionaries, investing that into them is huge. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, where we are focused on pastors of small churches, 200 churches. Every Wednesday, we release a podcast episode that will lift your spirits, lighten your load, and let you laugh. After the podcast, be sure to check out our website at 200churches.com, where the guys post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And now, here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church, the Lenny and Squiggy of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I am here with my long-haired intellectual friend. Oh, my. Johnny Craig. Is that me? Was that you're throwing it to me with that? No, that's you, because the other guy on with us does not have long hair. He is intellectual. He is probably far more intellectual. He is intellectual. We want to welcome... In fact, I I barely have hair. So barely. Yeah. <laughs> so you and Jeff are similar in this way. I've though. got that that balding spot on the top. But, but another thing you have, and we're a little bit insecure about this, is you've got that 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 fantastic deep radio voice. Oh goodness, yes. Oh, I know it's crazy, isn't it? It's <laughs> so John Elton Pletcher Ooh. from New Jersey. Ah, uh, almost. Almost. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, Lancaster. That's yeah. right. Lanc- yeah. Not Lancaster. Lancaster. Not Lancaster, <laughs> mind you. It's, it's Lancaster. Absolutely. So we are joined today from the get-go on our podcast by Pastor Pletcher from Lancaster. John, would you just introduce yourself briefly as we begin? Yeah, I'm here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I get to be lead pastor at a spot called Manor Church. And I have a lovely wife, Nancy, and three humongously eat-me-out-of-house-and-home boys. And uh, just uh, really, really love, really love my family. Have a great time with them. Really do. That's awesome. How's the weather in Lancaster right now? Uh, We had thunderstorms last night, and we got sunshine today. And I'm going to play. We're going to have baseball all weekend with my boys. Good enough, man. How old are your kids? I've got an eight-year-old and a 14-year-old, and in two weeks, a 16-year-old. So my oldest is going to be driving soon. Oh, watch out. Exactly. John, I am currently involved in teaching my youngest to drive. Oh. And it's the... I hope he's not listening. (laughs) Mitch, Mitch, are you outside my office door? He he is the the, uh, rawest kid to teach to drive. I I have... made Chewbacca is it Chewbacca uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. Chewbacca like screams from the passenger seat of my minivan why are you so weird Recently. I drove with him he's fine um he's fearless does he <laughs> does he do what my my Jared does is he learning to drive in the church parking lot when oh, everybody's out of it? yes two church yes. parking lots I've taken him in because wow. yeah there's no cars nothing really to hit Except wow. for the entrance to the church, but uh-huh. other than that, uh-huh. you know, we're okay. Uh-huh. 
So, yeah, 16-year-old, you're going to be teaching him how to drive, and he's the first of the three, so that'll be exciting. First of the three. And cool. his mother wants me to do it. She can't, her, ner- her nerves, she can't handle, handle driving with it. They're already shot. She, she, the, her, nerves are, her nerves are shot. You hear my voice? She just went I up do. really yeah, high there. That was cool. I'm you're 13. feeling it. Her, uh, excuse me, I got to talk like John. Her nerves are shot from raising the three kids. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She that's raised right. them. You got to teach them how to drive. That's right. That's my so, job. John, you and I met at that super secret pastors retreat over a month ago now. Oh boy! In the yes. in the, the, the super the super secret one. Yes. Yeah. Very exclusive invite list. Yes. It was, it was very. I have never been to such an exclusive event before. For those who are listening, Jeff is apparently just beginning a parade of guests. Uh, of people that were at the super secret pastors meeting. Absolutely. We had Dave Ronan on a few weeks ago. Now we have John Pletcher. I love it. One of our subscribers said, more Dave Ronan. Send more Dave Ronan. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. I tell you what, if you haven't listened to it yet, let's see. Which episode would it be, Johnny? 70? 72? Two? I think it would be episode 72. One? You got to uh, check out the episode with Dave Ronan. Dave Ronan. Especially if you're a pastor who's just starting out in a new church. I mean that that episode is for you. But John, you and I have never met each other. We both graduated from the same uh undergrad school, Baptist yep. Bible College in Clark yep. Summit, Pennsylvania, uh, and lived we both lived to tell about it. Yes, okay. Yes. Now you've also uh, you've got your you've been demonized from uh, Denver, yes. Uh, Denver Seminary. Yes. De- demonized, yes. Yikes. And, uh, Yikes. Yeah. Well, demon. You know, he got no, the demon. That's a yeah. terrible joke. Is your yeah. church deacon possessed? <laughs> oh. No. Oh, Let's. We'll just man. shut this down now. No, come on. Oh, I am preaching on demon possession this Sunday. So okay. All right. Well, you can drop that joke then. There Credit we go. To Jeff. That'll go over. Well, well. you've Start been on the lighter side. Hey, you've been demonized, so you're oh, you know you're qualified to do it. Okay. Right. So obviously, right. Johnny's not heard that oh, that little joke before. Jeff, we do need to clarify that Johnny has not yet been invited to the exclusive true. pastor's retreat. Well, John, the truth That's is, a good point. You haven't rubbed that in, have you? Have you? No, have you given him? No, I'm still. I'm oh, still. Certainly, he has. Yeah. I'm running scared. I don't think I'm invited back next year, man. I'm not sure you're going to be, based on the <laughs> feedback I've heard. Yeah. After the Diet Coke break, man, what are you Diet thinking about? Diet Coke, the, um, the way you rode those four-wheelers crashing over the mountain. Dangerous. Yeah, you're danger to yourself and others. Dangerous. dangerous. Especially the theology you tried to spout off uh, during the <laughs> session. That was something. That's Whew. the worst part. That yeah. <laughs> and apparently, apparently I said things that might have been taken as either A, inartful, or B, indelicate. You? <laughs> this uh, shocks me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We want to help our listeners yeah, sorry. today. Sorry. Um, so we have to focus. <laughs> Johnny? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm having too much fun. John, you, you wrote a book. You wrote this book. What's the book called? The book is called Henry's Glory, a story for discovering lasting significance in your daily work. Now, was this part of your D-men work? It was. It was the delivery vehicle for a whole bunch of research about faith in the marketplace and business as mission, which is a real official way of saying God can use anybody anywhere in every kind of work they do every day. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, I think that that, even though Jeff has read a lot more of this than I have, I think that that's an idea that really 
resonates with people and i know that especially resonates with um my age demographic the millennials um you know we want we want to believe that our work is important that our work is meaningful and yeah if you work in a church obviously it's important and meaningful but what about what about the guy who's crunching numbers uh at wells fargo for example you know doing something else and so you're really i think hitting on important important issues that are facing uh, a lot of people in the church and that are going to continue to face people in the church moving forward. Yeah, and that's what the book gets after in a really fun story form. It gets after the the reality that it's not just some high and holy sacred work done within church walls or on a foreign mission field that pleases God and brings him glory, but it, it's engaging God's adventure of mission every day in everything you do. I love that, the adventure of mission, the way... Yeah. The way you say that is just fantastic. Stanley Hauerwas talks about, right, the Christian life is adventure. And yep. so often we sit back and we think, oh, man, I'm a Christian now, so here's here's the guidelines, here's the rules. He's like, no, 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 it's supposed to – we're advancing. It's this adventure. Right. And to That's take right. that adventure of, of following Christ into the workplace and to really do something significant for God, I think that mm. – yeah, that's, that's just an idea that is – I think that that's going to be um, – well, I think it is important and so important for us to be talking about from the pulpit. Now, you have a pretty interesting way of of uh, dealing with this issue of people recognizing the importance of their work. You Tell us a little bit about your ordination uh, situation. I've had the fun of realizing, hey, um, ordination really is not simply something for uh, what are often labeled as clergy or... Uh, uh, you know, uh, an official church minister, but that the the biblical perspective is that everybody's a priest. Every follower of Jesus is a priest. And if we're really going to be the church, not just go to church, but be the church every day and all week long, we really believe in the the what's been labeled historically as the priesthood of all believers. Uh, then everybody can be specially ordained and commissioned for their everyday work. Uh, it means we, we're willing to gather around and support and cheer on and encourage everyday workers, whether they're grease-covered car guys or stay-at-home soccer moms or um, CEOs running a, a large corporation. So, John, when you were working on this for your, your thesis, uh, your dissertation, uh, wh- whatever you called that, yeah. uh, m- most guys don't – some guys put it into book form. Uh, some guys just put their finished product into book form. But it seems as though – no, I don't know this, so I'm asking you this. It seems as though you took your, your official, your theological dissertation, and then you you changed it into a fictional – uh, yeah, teaching it was, format. It was really fun because one of my big goals going in was I said, oh, God, truly, oh, God, please don't let this just take up dust on a seminary shelf somewhere. Mm-hmm. That was my great yeah. big goal because uh, obviously uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours of research went into it. And so I had the the opportunity to develop it with a, a fun creative delivery vehicle in a story format. And in between each chapter, there are discussion questions so uh, people can personally do, can read through the story and do the discussion questions on their own. They can discuss it with their small group, life group, Bible study, Sunday school class. Um, so it's highly usable that way. Now, do you, do you have an official dissertation copy 
of it that yes. doesn't have yeah. the story in it. Yeah, actually, the the appendix to the dissertation thesis has the story in it. One of the neat things about about being demonized, I mean, doing a demon, was <laughs> that you can uh, uh, you get the opportunity to put it in practical uh, practical everyday language. It had to be uh, able to be used by a group somewhere. So we actually. I designed the story, and then as part of my wrap-up to the whole project, uh, tested it over three months with a group of people to see how it would go with them and got their feedback before it ever went to the publisher. Well, I was joking with you that the grandmother in the story seems to have a really good hold on some theological <laughs> concepts. But oh, oh. She's, she's an amazing granny. She is. <laughs> she, like you said, she has listened in every single Sunday school class. Oh, my goodness. But <laughs> even though I know that it's a story, it, it does help when you're picturing. I mean, I could picture her and, and is it Zach and, yeah. and the girl Zach in the kitchen? Mags, yep. Yeah, I can picture them in the kitchen. I can picture the provolone cheese in the counter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm seeing all this stuff in my yeah. mind as I'm reading nice. it. But nice. I'm also reading you getting very excited about some theological, theological discoveries that you made while working and doing all this research. Yeah. And I could just see the light bulbs going off over the top of your head nice. as you're seeing the thread of certain truths from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Nice. That's cool to hear. And what we've seen now since the, the, well, the book's been out since December and really started rolling into people's hands in January. And what we've seen is um, a lot of small groups in churches of all sizes um, start to pick it up and in their small group life and in their Sunday school classes uh, start to read it and discuss it together with friends. And we've seen those light bulbs come on. Um, I, I've gotten emails from people. I've had phone calls and one-on-one -on -one conversations with people where they've said, wow, never before have I really felt like my work matters, like it really matters and is something that can last for all eternity. Yeah, and this is, um, you know, having been going through some graduate studies myself recently, you know, mm -hmm. I'm reading different authors and I'm hearing different books as I'm reading this book from you. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to encourage our listeners to uh, to take a look at it. I I actually couldn't find the hard copy that you gave me, so I just bought it on Amazon uh, oh, on my okay. Kindle. So I've got yep. it on Kindle and and uh, I've got the hard I think copy. Johnny stole, I think Johnny stole your hard copy. I sure I, did, yeah. I couldn't keep yeah. my hands off. You, you know where yeah. it was, John? Every pastor is going to appreciate this. So. It, it was here in the luxurious and opulent 200 Churches studio, oh. right on the shelf, uh -huh. hidden in my plain sight. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I looked on that shelf five times for it. It was sitting yeah. right there. You say every yeah. pastor is going to appreciate that. I think you mean everybody over 50 is going to appreciate that. Well, <laughs> that too, every pastor over 50. <laughs> Didn't I tell you it was in here? I think your your glasses are right there next to it, Katie. I think <laughs> yes, the glasses right. are right there. That's right. Johnny did tell me <laughs> it was in there. I told him. I said, ah, it's in your office, Jeff. Yeah. I saw it in there. I said, I looked three times. <laughs> so, so, John, you, you wrote this thing, and you wrote it for, for people to consume and for it to change their ideology about how their life matters to God, even though they're not a pastor or a missionary. But yeah. for 200 churches, we're speaking to pastors of small churches. And when I looked at this, I'm saying to myself, the piece about getting people so excited about their daily work that they would see that as their calling, yeah. that they would see that as their ministry, their their kingdom mission yeah. from God, and, and if I'm a pastor of a church of 50 people, man, if I could get 10 adults in my church to see themselves as kingdom 
ministers as kingdom people out serving in their workplaces throughout my little community, that to me is really exciting. And that's why I think even though you're a highfalutin pastor of a really large church overseeing a sizable staff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you better hang your head in shame on 200 churches. Mm-hmm. Even though you are, <laughs> <laughs> what you've written and what you've done here really speaks to the small church pastor. Yeah, the, the 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 beauty of it is that anybody in any size church really does have the ability to, because the core the core of this is saying I want to I want to maximize for God's glory the opportunities He's put in my path every day, and, and I want to encourage people through this book to do exactly that to view themselves every believer every follower of Jesus as called. I'm right there in their workplace every day, right there where they spend the bulk of their life following Jesus. I mean, the reality is most of us spend the bulk of our lives working at something. And it's, you know, the the essence of this is just to dare to believe that Jesus wants to impact your everyday life, that that's your mission field, to begin to view the the garage you work at as your mission field, the, the office you work in as your own mission field. Uh, that that God can use you right there every day. I this is making me think of something, and I want to be careful with how I talk about it because I don't I, I don't have anybody in mind, and I don't want to offend uh, anybody at all. But I know that a lot of pastors get burned out. A lot of pastors get burned out on the ministry, and they think yeah. I just want to enter the workforce and not deal with it and not have to do it, mm-hmm. and and I just want to get away. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm done with yeah. the pastor grind. And basically yeah. what you're saying is like you get you, <laughs> you get into the workforce to get on your pastor grind in some ways, you know, and it's different. <laughs> Obviously, full-time vocational ministry is is not yeah. going to be the same. There's just going to be differences inherent in that. But mm-hmm. you you know, you never walk away from the ministry and it's almost as though I hear you saying, "Look, you're letting people know I'm I'm not telling you that uh, you need to be something you're not and go be a minister in your work. I'm telling you, priesthood of the believer, you already are this. It's time to start to live up That's to right. who God made you to be. That's right. Yeah, the B word is is phenomenal. It's interesting to remember that Jesus said, "You will be my witnesses." Uh, it's it's that whole aspect of you you are going to be witnesses. It's a matter of. Will I truly engage my heart and my mind and my actions in such a way that I'm living that out every day, that I'm making the best products every day to bring God glory, that I'm seeking to serve my clients uh, every day to the glory of God, Um, whether that's mixing the best paint imaginable, whether that's creating the best art on the planet, uh, whether that's... uh, uh, you know, in the nursing field, being the best doggone nurse there could possibly be in that hospital, uh, doing all of that to the glory of God. And when we do, uh, the reality is it piques people's curiosity, and then we get to truly be witnesses, both in what we do and then in how we speak up and how, how we share Christ. Yeah, I think someone might hear, okay, well, I have to go be a pastor at my workplace, so I'm going to start a Bible study over the lunch hour. Mm. Sure, mm-hmm. that's fantastic, but you're talking about the work itself is something that you're ministering the, through. Yeah, absolutely, Johnny. The work itself is indeed a, a humongous way of bringing God glory. Um, so it's not just saying, hey, I want to use 
my workplace as a platform for evangelizing. Well, 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 yeah, yeah, God can use that as a platform for evangelizing, but it's it's most likely that way before that ever takes place, way before you ever ever speak up to you know share the what we la- normally label as the gospel, you get to be the gospel. You get to be the good news through that great paint you mix or the way you uh, the way you work on that automobile or the way you administrate inside that office building all of those are ways of of being the gospel uh, even before you ever uh, verbally witness for Christ and doing things with quality and having that kind of a of a work ethic also fundamentally lays a foundation for you as a person Huge to foundation. speak into the lives of other people. Now, oh yeah. yeah. Now, if you're listening to us talk about this, and you're pastoring a church and feeling like, yeah, you're burned out because you're the one that's putting the hours in, you're putting the time in, and you know, why does why doesn't anybody help? Why doesn't anybody volunteer? Uh, I would really encourage you pick up this book and imagine sitting with with just your board or or just a, a leadership group from your church. And actually going through this, and one of the things, John, that you say at the beginning of this book is to go through all the questions, don't shortcut it, and yep, read absolutely. and look up and read all of the Scripture references. Yeah, you yeah. know, you say that at the beginning, which, yep. and there's a lot of Scripture references in here, yeah. and the way that you, the way that you uh, put piece them together one after another throughout the story, if you're actually looking up those Scriptures, this isn't a some cutesy fictional story as much as it is a really a theological study on yeah. you know what is it what does That's my right. work mean to god so all of a sudden you're pastoring a church where you've got people that are that are impassioned to do what they do every day to make a difference for god and to make a difference in the community if you had a church of 30 people where they all had that mindset they're going to make a difference in their community they're going to make a huge difference, Jeff, because really the story seeks to convey the grander story of God from really from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. And so woven throughout the discussion questions are opportunities for engaging that level of really rich, uh, Johnny, adventuresome theology in the sense of seeing God's grand story and letting your daily story in your workplace get caught up in that story. So it becomes a lot of fun. And you're exactly right, Jeff. Uh, the, the folks within your church, your your church board, they can get engaged in the adventure of God's story uh, through through this fun story. Yeah. So tell me in your church, what has the experience been as you've led people through this study? Give me, give and dive deep into it. Give me one story of one person where they've their life has changed from reading this book and doing the study. We've led first our our church board through this. I wanted them to lead the way as leaders. So before we ever introduced it into one of our small groups or Sunday school classes, I asked our church board to walk through it last fall. And one of our church board members who has been pretty pretty segmented in his view of, of church life and then work life, for him, it just exploded his concept of what God can do in and through him. And already um, I've seen him come back and now tell me about uh, his buddy Chris at work that he is becoming better friends with as he serves stronger there at work with him. He's getting opportunities to learn more of Chris's story. As a result, he's getting opportunities to share Christ with him. 
Um, but it, it's helped just just stand the whole concept of daily mission on its head for this guy. Uh, and, he, and he's one of our board members. And he says, I, I, up until this kind of study that you've led us through in this book, uh, boy, I just viewed it as I go, to, I go to church on Sunday, I do my church thing, and then uh, the rest of the week I do the regular, ordinary stuff. And instead, he's now he's now sees it that you know every day I'm a mission with Jesus. Every day I'm a mission with Jesus in how I work there at the bank. He's a banker. How I work at the bank and who I get to interact with and and how that literally is changing people's lives. So it's really exciting to see. That's an awesome story. And as you as you told it, I thought this study is important. And I think that yeah, I would join Jeff in encouraging other pastors who are listening do this with your with your board, do this with your men and women of your church. Sometimes, and Jeff, I have not, like I said, I haven't read it, so I apologize. Jeff was telling me there's a character in here, maybe like a, an old old school pastor who's talking about you, you need to quit being an architect and, and start being a pastor type of yeah. situation. Clyde, Brother Clyde, Brother Clyde. Brother Clyde. Brother Clyde. Amen. Brother Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I wonder if sometimes if we as pastors are the people who are making people feel like uh, their work isn't valuable. That yeah, somehow uh, we are doing God's work and they are doing, you know, scrub work. Yeah, and unfortunately that comes back to bite us because then we feel frustrated because we wonder why more and more everyday people aren't doing the mission and we wonder why people aren't coming to Christ. And yet at times, not always, uh, but I know I've been guilty of it. I really have of of really uh, downplaying people's everyday work, downplaying people's ability to really be the church because, you know, I, I keep everybody thinking, well, I'm the one who evangelizes. I'm the one who preaches. I'm the one who brings people to Christ and baptizes them and, and brings them into the fold. And, and well, you guys just work every day to make money to give your tithes and offerings to support what the church does, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. which is dangerous. It's really dangerous. And, the, and then we wonder why we're so discouraged in ministry at points, when in reality we can, we can be helping people catch God's story and how their, their workplace story every day can match up with his mission and can literally be their mission field. I think that's what's so neat is helping people see that 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 garage or that office space or that uh, that uh, doctor's clinic that can be your mission field, your first and foremost mission field. Give me give me just one or two maybe examples of ways that we can affirm people and affirm their work and affirm their value in the workplace. You know, just simple things that we as pastors might not be doing that we can do to say, hey, what you're doing is so valuable. It's kingdom mm-hmm. work and it's important. What you know, what is just something that we as pastors can do? One of the things we can do that's so important is actually start to invest time going to visit people at their workplace, uh, just actually uh, actually making the time to stop by on a lunch hour, um, grab lunch together in their lunch cafe, uh, just, to, just to visit their environment and see what they do every day. Uh, not with any ulterior motives, not not looking to get them to volunteer more at church, not not trying to get them to give more at church or anything like that, but instead to just show up and ask them questions about what they do and find out what are their biggest challenges right now and how can you be praying for them and in their workplace. Um, that level of pastoral interest in everyday workplace missionaries, investing that into them is huge. That's one way. I like that. I really like that. That's good. 
Uh, and, that, and that's something that God stirred in my life just in this last year out of the outflow of this book has been I realized I was very rarely ever doing that unless I wanted to somehow, you know, do breakfast with somebody to try to get them to ante up for a bigger, bigger gift for the end of the year budget. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> pastors don't do that. <laughs> I was convicted. I was. But to actually just no strings attached. And I put out that challenge to uh uh, other leaders in our church and said, listen, how much are we caring enough about the, the everyday workplace missionary to uh, find out how they're doing and what we can be praying for, for them on? That's one idea. Another is just making sure that when people have had uh, big wins where they've had somebody they've worked with who has taken another step closer to Jesus, that we let them tell that story. We often think about people telling their faith stories or sharing their testimony when uh, other things happen, but what about what about the everyday workplace missionary who is starting to see some real inroads with a person at work? You know, giving them mic time to tell that story and share it because what we do, you know, from the from up front, well, that that's what gets communicated as we're championing that. That's really really important. Um, so we're trying more and more. We're not perfect at this yet in our area either, and. We've got lots of room to grow on this, but we're trying more and more to hear every people's everyday workplace faith stories. Um, you know what, what's going on there? That's a kingdom win. What's bringing God glory right there? And not just the witnessing stories, but where did somebody have a creative breakthrough of some kind? Uh, how has their workplace become even more effective at serving people to the glory of God and giving people mic time? Uh, if people don't like actually sharing testimonies like that, we'll run interviews with them, that kind of thing. Those are ways of just affirming people big time in their daily mission. Now, John, you use this term, workplace missionaries. Mm-hmm. I love that term. And mm. and when you think about this, just talking about this, it kind of becomes so clear. It's like one of those duh things, <laughs> you know, that as pastors, we can't get into these places. There are, there are all these schools and That's businesses, exactly right. you know, right? Places yep. all around town. We yep. can't get in there. We don't have the relationships. Yep. We, we don't have anything. Yep. But we can send missionaries into these. Why? There are people. Right there. There are church members. And right there. This I told is our, great. This is great Jeff, stuff. Jeff, I told our, our crowd back several weeks back, I said, you gals and guys every day get to go places with the love and the light of Christ that I will never get to go. Right. You get to go there every day. You get to be Jesus' light and love, his hands, his feet, every day in places. I will never get to go. That's why what you do, how you do it, and for whom you do it is so important. John, if one of our pastors wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do it? Oh, just uh, oh, shoot, shoot me an email, uh, John P, J-O-H-N-P, as in Paul, at mannerchurch.org, M-A-N-O-R. C H U R C H dot org. Not manner or, or, as in like good manners. Not good manners. Manner M A N O R. That's right. Uh, they can also they could uh, they could catch uh, my blog, which is johneltonpletcher.com. Uh, it's a website that has uh, more info about Henry's Glory, the book. It has more info about it. It also has uh, about every other week I. Uh, I blog. I run some competition with this fabulous 200 churches uh, blog. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You guys are, uh, you guys are, you guys are killing it compared uh, to John Well, yeah, if you would just, John, you just need to change one. Just, just 
Elton John Pletcher. There you go. Yeah, well, get a lot yeah. more hits. Be in the money. That would be a lot more hits. I'd be. Yeah, that's right. There'd be there'd be no more money issues for the church then. Right? Well, I, I tell you, on the website for this episode, we're going to put a link to your book, John Henry's Glory: A Story for Discovering Lasting Significance in Your Daily Work. On our yep. website, uh, we'll let people take a look at that, and I would encourage you, pastors. Man, at least get one for yourself. And if you have, you know, if you have a Kindle, just get it on Kindle. You'll, you'll have it right away. Start going through this, and again, read it as though you're looking at it through your people's eyes, and you're there with them, helping them through it. Maybe you're going to use it as a sermon series. Maybe, maybe you could use it this fall, and just really have a push to be to really develop your people into being workplace missionaries, John. Thank you so much for coming on, and I, wow, I certainly hope for, we're able to have you again. Uh, I'd love to again, and, and thanks, guys. Thanks for all you're doing with 200 Churches. It's great stuff. Uh, I just really, really love and respect what you guys are doing, and uh, it's been an honor to be on with you guys today. And uh, anybody, anybody who'd like to give me a shout, don't hesitate to give me a shout. Love to help. Absolutely. That is so awesome. Thank you so much, John. The book is Henry's Glory. Like Jeff said, we're going to have links and everything else. So important for us to be affirming people where they are in their work. Thanks, John, for joining us on the 200 Thank Churches you, Podcast. John. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.